plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. No, I'm not You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, April 3rd. And we are all set to kick off this uh, nice little episode here where I'm going to go through uh, a handful of my picks for the number one selection for the Indianapolis Colts at pick 15. I'm not going to uh, look for uh, too much of a you know a gap here between where I think where they are set to pick currently and where they could possibly trade down to or anything like that. We're just going to go straight to the 15th pick, and um, I, I'm going to give you guys uh, somewhere around my five favorites uh, to, for for the Colts to to snatch up in that in that area. More than anything, I just want to get you guys some of my favorites because I've had uh, numerous emails, numerous messages, and so on, uh, asking me for for my picks in certain situations, uh, but mainly they're at that 15th pick. So uh, I'm going to give that to you guys today. I promised you that last week. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my group, and uh, you guys feel free to, to hit me up on Twitter or email or however you guys want to do it, and uh, and tell me how crazy I am or how much you loved them, either way. So uh, first and foremost, though, just wanted to thank you guys for coming back to me here on a Monday at Locked On Colts. I uh, appreciate all of you guys listening. Uh, it's really turned into something really great, and uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for it. We've got a lot of opportunity here for our voices to be heard as Colts fans, as people who are following the organization. It, it's a it's a great community on Twitter as well. So if you guys, I mean, not just myself, but there's a lot of great people out there to follow uh, for Colts content. So make sure that you guys are tracking these down and get yourselves in the conversation. I mean, that's part of the fun. If there's something that you haven't been on Twitter for, if there's a reason you guys haven't been on Twitter, that's understandable and you want to do that, that's fine. But a lot of people that I talk to say simply that, uh, you know, I don't, I just don't get it. Well, here, here's how you get it. If you're a Colts fan, you love the Colts, you love talking about the Colts, go follow some guys that cover the Colts, go follow a bunch of Colts fans, and just start the conversation, guys. Everybody is in it. Everybody enjoys talking about them, whether it's from the cap to draft to just anything under the sun. There's a lot of great people out there that love to talk Colts football and just football in general. So uh, get yourselves online and, and do that. And if you are on Twitter, just start following more people. That's uh, the best way to get into the conversation. So uh, without any further ado, let, let's jump in. And I'm going to start out with a guy who has been on my radar here for a while. And I'm going to kind of get these to be most realistic uh, as far as what I see as to where they could be drafted. Now, there's been some hype about Derek Barnett being drafted uh, ahead of the Colts of 15. If you guys listen to the show that I had Rick McLaughlin on here, he said that he thought that Derek Barnett would not get past the Saints. And since then, I've seen several mock drafts with him going to the Saints. Uh, of course, that's need and fit and so on and so forth, but uh, I think it's possible. There's, there's, This is going to be such an interesting draft, guys, because so many different 
coaches, so many different GMs see this draft uh, very similarly, but they also see a lot of these players very differently. So we don't really know, you know, everything changes. Three down players typically get drafted in the first round. We've seen that year in and year out where there's a, a two down guy or a specialty player on defense or something else that doesn't get picked as high as everybody's got them pegged in mock drafts and so on and so forth. So I'm going to do my best here to keep it as realistic as possible for what I think uh, that could be available there at the Colts uh, 15th pick. And my first one, obviously, is Derek Barnett. I love just about everything about Derek Barnett. He is one of the better guys in this draft, as far as I'm concerned, as far as being a fantastic pass rusher. He's good. He can play all three downs. Not He's not the best run defender, don't get me wrong. He's not an edge-setting guy. He's not a strong side linebacker. But he can set the edge. He can be that guy on third down. And not only that, guys, but he can work into it. This is one of the most important things, and uh, I'll get this out of the way before we get into more of these guys. But the Sheard signing and the Simon signing were that important for this team for this very reason. These guys don't have to be three-down players in their rookie seasons, even if they are considered to be three-down players. We've got other options in there. Um, not Nobody's talking about pro bowlers or anything like that necessarily. But we are talking about a couple guys who can be starters. And then we have these guys here who can be rotational starters or can be rotational players. So uh, this are early down players, late down guys. I mean, this is just, this is how you draft and, and this is what is going to be interesting about this. How do they approach it? You know what I mean? They want the specialty guys when they've got a couple strong side guys in the building already. Do they just want to go uh, strictly after the three down player that can be there for the long haul? They can do it all or they want to teach more. You know, it's hard to understand exactly what these guys are looking for. But Derek Barnett checks just about every box as far as I'm concerned in that, that he could be a three down player. He doesn't have to start right away. He could be. He'd be valuable, extremely valuable on the field immediately. But you just don't know. Uh, what the Colts are actually looking for in a guy. But if I'm the Colts GM and if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm absolutely going after Derek Barnett. I love this guy. I think he's fantastic. If he's there, I'd probably take him. He might be one of my top two or three selections there. Um, and it just kind of depends on, you know, who's available and so on. But uh, like Derek Barnett, like Derek Barnett a lot, a lot. You guys go check out his tape if you guys want to see more about him. But I'm going to try and kind of keep this short and sweet on each guy. So uh, Derek Barnett's my first guy. I'll kind of switch it up and go to the defensive line. Uh, Malik McDowell out of Michigan State, really, really nice player. Uh, is I think he's one of those guys that has gotten – I don't know a lot about his backstory, but if I'm not mistaken, he's got one of those uh, uh, issues with attitude or something like that amongst other people or whatever. To be perfectly honest with you, this guy is an, an absolute stud when he's on – it seems like, I don't want to say that he takes plays off. He plays a ton of snaps each game. So it's hard to tell on cutups and stuff like that what is actually going on, how many snaps he's had in that game. But man, when he's on fire, he's on fire. He's a, he's one of those sharks in the water, smelling blood. He goes completely crazy in some games. And then other games you see him kind of take a little more reserve role. Now, is that within the defensive scheme? Does that, that's what the game plan's calling for? We don't know that. But uh, he holds up well at the interior offensive lineman. He can cut through. He does well on the inside and outside. Uh, I, I think that he's probably one of the most talented defensive linemen in this draft. And as long as he can, it did well in like interviews and everybody thinks that he's in love with the game and all that good stuff, he'd be a phenomenal pick. He'd be a huge help. Uh, the Colts need some of that at defensive end a little bit. And uh, I, I wrote a piece this past for uh, 
fan rag sports and I kind of put it on there about Chris Wormley really impressed with him I don't know that he's a first round pick at 15 but he's a guy that if the Colts did trade back though he would be somebody that could be a possibility maybe if they ended up getting the first or an early second round pick uh, or first half of the second round pick out of some sort of a trade back or something else he would be somebody I'd look for early in the second round I think that's probably a good spot for him but they need somebody like that they could get either Wormley or Malik McDowell at some point I think both of them could be very beneficial to the Colts defensive line but Malik McDowell at 15 is a much more realistic pick for the Colts and I think he'd be fantastic that'd be a great way to start solidifying some of that defensive line some of the run stopping some of the ability to get into the backfield and push that pocket uh, on passing downs We'll go to the corner position now. Marlon Humphrey from Alabama. He would be uh, my first cornerback pick uh, in this position. Uh, obviously, uh, there's some other guys, uh, namely Marshawn Lattimore, who's expected to go before this. But I've got a couple guys here. I, I like Humphrey, and I also like Garyon Conley from Ohio State. Both of these guys, very quality cornerbacks. The Colts need somebody that can play in in just about any position there. I mean, whether they can play nickel, whether they can play outside cornerback one or two, uh, left or right corner, I mean, or whatever they want to do. But they need somebody who can come in and cover and be sticky and be good in man coverage and be able to hold uh, their ground going down the field, who can push the receiver without actually being uh, overly physical and drawing flags towards the boundary when they're going up the rail. Uh, we need a guy who can cover across the middle. That's important as well. I mean, what, like I said, whether it's a nickel guy or whether it's a guy who's going to play left or right, they've got to be able to do it all as far as I'm concerned because this what makes a versatile defense is being able to have guys move in and out and to be able to do a little bit more like Vontae Davis right now is not a is not a nickel guy and probably never would be a nickel guy. He's specific what he is, but they need more a little more versatility in this. I think that you can get uh, a quality play out of a nickel or or one of the outside cornerback positions. He's uh, both of these guys are pretty good against the uh, against the run. Both of them can cover. Both are physical at the line of scrimmage. Like them both. Give me either one. Love them both. And see, already I'm getting well past five here, but I'm kind of giving you guys a little bit of range here. So let's go to the middle linebacker position. We're going to talk about Reuben Foster, and we're going to talk about Hassan Reddick. Both of these guys would be fantastic picks. Um, some have Hassan Reddick going higher. So, or I'm sorry, some have Reuben Foster going higher. Some have Reuben Foster later in the first round, even after 15, even after 20. And uh, a lot of people, I think, have... Reddick somewhere in the 18 or let's say 15 to 25 even the 30 mark so it's really kind of hard to tell what people are going to get out of him the one thing that Reddick does possess is he's already been an outside linebacker or an edge guy he came on walked on to Temple as a cornerback or as a defensive back and moved to the edge position and then they are projecting him more towards the inside linebacker now what he also does is he proves to be a third down a three down player uh, in the NFL if he can hold up he's getting his weight up a little bit he's he, uh, just a couple months ago he was around the 230 mark he's already up to close to 240 he, that gives him a little more solid uh, presence there in the middle if that's where he's going to play but on the outside you know you can have him in uh, nickel coverage 
and you can have him as a, a as the captain of your defense in the middle as well. So this is very interesting with him. Now you get Reuben Foster in the mix, and then you get more of a physical, uh, like an an all physical presence there. Uh, pretty decent in coverage. He's he's more than athletic enough to drop into coverage. That's for sure. Uh, he he roams the field pretty well. He's very physical at the line of scrimmage when he's coming up to uh, plug holes, and he does well going side to side. As far as I'm concerned, lateral agility is is up there with it just about anybody. And I think that this either one of these two, no, you can't go wrong with them. It's similar as far as I'm concerned as Gary on Conley and Humphrey at corner. So you give me either one of these guys in this position, and uh, I'm a happy camper as far as that 15. I think both of these guys are legit 15 top 15 picks. And I think that both of them would be legit players for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think that Reddick would be a little more versatile, would give them a little bit more of a thing where he could go inside and outside. But I also think Reuben Foster could do that. I'm just not so sure he could do it his first year. So you really have to understand that the Colts are probably going to look at upside and, and projectability as far as where they think these guys can play and how often they can play as far as being a three down player uh, for the, for the defense uh, moving forward and into their careers. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. Now, another guy that a lot of Colts fans are really into. I'm into him as well. He has a lot of what you expect from a pure edge rushing standpoint. Uh, Tim Williams out of Alabama. I love watching this guy on tape. He's so uh, fun to watch. He's a little light for the position as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he, he looks lighter anyways. I'm not sure his weight says that he's not so light, but when you look at him, he doesn't really look like, in fact, I've seen a couple of, uh, profiles that had him that say that he's built more like a tight end as far as, uh, being an edge rusher. And I would agree with that. I think that's pretty accurate, but the thing that he does is he is lightning off the snap, which there's a couple guys that I really like in this draft that are very good off the snaps. Just their timing's bad. Williams has really good timing and he has that burst out of uh off the snap now tim williams is an absolute headhunting pass rusher and that kind of limits his uh, ability as far as being a three down player at least up front now like i told you guys earlier this is a situation where the colts could bring him in and be like look we can bring him in he doesn't have to be a three down player right off the jump we can mentor him and get him to where he's better against the run uh, with some of these other guys get him involved with Jabal Sheard and, and Simon and have them uh, kind of teach him and kind of mold him into a three down player that would be a huge pick for me at 15 I think that's higher than a lot of people have him I don't think that's higher than his ceiling is though I think that if he becomes uh, uh or finds a good niche in with a team and uh, and turns himself into a three-down player, he's going to be a phenomenal NFL player for years and years to come, and quarterbacks are going to hate him. Teams are going to have to absolutely game plan for him all the time. So this is uh, – Tim Williams is – I want to say he's a riskier pick. You just don't know about his uh, – I don't know enough about his work ethic – 
to say that uh, that's a, a shoe in that that's a perfect pick for 15. I think that's why people have him later in the first round. But here's the thing. You're drafting a guy in the first round who is a headhunting pass rusher. Okay. You're telling me that 10 picks makes a difference. It makes you feel better about yourself because you spent a 25th or a 32nd pick on a guy uh, as opposed to a 15th. It doesn't make a difference. If that's the guy you need, that's the guy you need, and that's who you go get. I think that they can find better run-stopping guys. I think that they can mold him into a better three-down player. Tim Williams, to me, makes a ton of sense, and he is a, a man for sure in, in that category. He can go inside, outside. He's got spin moves, very good with his hands, loves getting in the backfield. He disrupts running backs, but he doesn't necessarily have a great, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't have a great tackle radius while he's chasing the running back. It seems like he's a little late on it. He does. He's not like a lot of guys who have really good vision uh, when they're doing like the read option type stuff. Not that that's a, a real prevalent uh, system in the NFL. But he, he doesn't watch the ball uh, closely enough, I guess, would be one critique that I'd have on him as far as his ability to become a three-down player. Now, the good thing, like I said, is that that's not something that's used a ton in the NFL, but it still needs to happen. Plenty of play action. He's got to be able to uh, hold the edge there at some point to make a decision. He's got to be able to watch the ball enough and pay attention uh, as to see whether it's a running play or that it's a, you know, a pass and he needs to get after the quarterback. So... Tim Williams is a huge upside move as far as I'm concerned for that pick, and uh, I'd be tempted to take him in a heartbeat, uh, especially if a guy like Derek Barnett's already off the board. Uh, this kind of depends. This gets all the way down into your uh, what you want, D-line, edge guys, middle linebacker, you know, cornerback, what? It depends on what they're looking for in that first round, but I think everybody I've named thus far is be, would be a fantastic uh, pick there at 15. Now, just for gets and shiggles, I'm going to go running back here. Uh, these are not people that I want in the first round, but if the Colts were to go running back at 15, here's a couple guys that would be their pick as far as I'm concerned. I think McCaffrey is a fantastic pick. He fits the quarterback. He fits the tight end. He fits the alignment. He fits Chudzinski. He fits everything in this offense. Fantastic receiver out of the backfield. He's not an in-between-the-tackles type of runner right now as far as I'm concerned in the NFL. He could be. Um, he's going to get bigger. It's just natural. He's not a small guy. He is going to get bigger with time. Uh, and he may could maybe he could grow into that a little bit more. But let's say, for example, that McCaffrey was chosen by the Colts. If uh, Frank Gore went out, they still have that one-two with there with Turbin and McCaffrey as far as power versus uh, a little bit more of a scat back type guy who's a really good receiver out of the backfield. He adds a ton to this offense. He could split out into the slot. Uh, he could even go out wide and add a ton of versatility to this Colts offense and a lot of fun, to be honest with you. That'd be a lot of fun watching Chudzinski dial up some plays for this guy. And, you know, Chudzinski, to give him credit, he does uh, come up with some fantastic play designs. Uh, McCaffrey in this offense would mean a lot uh, if they could get him somehow in the second round, which I doubt he's going to last that long. But if the Colts could get him in the second round, I think that'd be a fantastic pick. I like a lot of running backs in this draft, but my opinion at 15, if the Colts were to go running back, this is who they'd be taking. There is one guy on the edge here that I'm not real sure about, like kind of where he goes. It's Tack McKinley, UCLA. Really like him a lot. I'm just not sure that he is a good fit. And I don't know why I can't even put my finger on it. I've watched him. I've watched at least five of his games and I just can't put my finger on 
what it is about him that doesn't impress me quite as much as some other ones. It's the same kind of thing with Taco Charlton and Charles Harris for me. Uh, like them okay. I don't think they'd be terrible picks. I don't know about 15th, uh, especially for Harris but uh, and Charlton for that matter too. But there's just something about them that I just can't put my finger on that just doesn't mean first-round ability to me. I don't know what it is, but uh, i tell you what. McKinley has a ton of upside. He is a sack machine. He's very good, but like I said, I don't know if it's just personal preference with me. I don't know if it's a bias that I can't pick out or what it is, but there's just something about him that he doesn't meet the Tim Williams, Derek Barnett, uh, and a couple other guys uh, ceiling for me right now at this point. Now, he could end up being the best edge rusher out of this group eventually. I mean, it just there's a bunch of guys that could, to be quite honest with you. So uh, uh, I'm not going to get into Tack McKinley too much here. I think that he'd be a good second-round pick. I just don't think he's going to last that long, but there's something about him I just can't put my finger on. Uh, so I'm not going to bore you guys with my waffling as far as uh, my uh, hot takes on Tack McKinley. So if we were to look at offensive linemen in this position, Garrett Bowles out of Utah, Cam Robinson out of Florida State. Uh, also, we go inside there, Forrest Lamp. I don't want an offensive lineman in the first round. I think I've made that abundantly clear through the weeks uh, that we've been rolling up to this. But look, if they're going to get one, I say you go after Cam Robinson. And it's not because I think Cam Robinson is the best right now. I think he is the most uh, athletic as far as being able to learn the position more. I don't think necessarily that he translates to a guard. However, I think he could move into inside to a guard if that didn't work out. I mean, I don't see how Denzel Good translated to a guard in the NFL, but they moved him in there anyways. Um, I think Good is a right tackle. I think Robinson's a right tackle. I think Robinson is uh, good enough, and the only thing that scares me is it's just his first-round capital. I just don't see it for an offensive lineman in this draft. I don't like any of them that much. But if, if I had to choose one at 15 out of all these guys, I'm going to take Robinson because I think he does have enough versatility where they could move him inside. I don't think they would have to. But I think that he's the most athletic and has the most upside as far as that goes. Uh, I don't think Bowles has a ton of upside. I like his game. Uh, I don't love his game. But he's, I just don't see his, uh, uh, I just don't see him getting a ton better. It kind of seems like the, you've seen him hit his ceiling. And uh, like I said, if I had to go with one, it's going to be Robinson. But uh, I'm not sure that I would not be totally disgruntled and be flying off the couch uh, if the Colts go offensive lineman in the first, uh, first round here. Now we go to safety. Safety is a weird position for me right now because I've only watched about five guys and that's kind of the only people I'll be honest with you that I'm going to speak on. Uh, there's, you know, Josh Jones. He is a guy who's rising quite a bit. I have not watched enough of him. I've watched a little bit of him. He's really interesting, really fast, uh, does good cover, and he can light people up. So uh, that's a nice uh, addition just in that regard. Uh, Buda Baker, like Buda Baker. Uh, very good at just about everything. He's good in pursuit. He's good tracking the ball. He just has terrible ball skills. Um, I, I don't think that he, I think he's a guy who could be there at 15 by sh for sure. I just don't think that he presents enough upside at the position to go in the first round. Just my opinion. Um, the one guy that I would take if I was the Colts and he was still left on the board would be Malik Hooker. There's no chance he's going to be on the board, but if I have, you know, if it gets to 15 and Malik Hooker's not off the board yet 
and I want to go safety for some reason, I'm taking Malik Hooker. Otherwise, I'm waiting until about the third round to go safety. I don't see uh, enough of the hype about Obi Melifonwu. I think he's okay. I think he's decent. He has solid coverage ability. Um, he doesn't hit hard enough for me. He doesn't. I mean, it's not with his head. I just don't see him going full speed into his tackles. I don't see him wrap enough. And I, I get that he is an uber athlete, and I get that he's a good quality football player. To me, he just doesn't deserve the hype of a first rounder. Uh, he could be something super special. So that does. I'm just talking in raw ability at this moment. And just what I've seen on tape, I see him blow too many assignments. I see him confused too often. I see him running past runners, ball carriers, like running past them the other direction. And I don't understand why, because he's not being blocked at the time. There's just a couple of these situations that have just had me scratch my head about this guy. But uh, athletic ability, player profile type-wise, Obi Melifonwu is a fantastic uh, option here, not at 15, second round or something like that. But I just wanted to kind of tell you guys where I was at on him. As far as Malik Hooker, he's the only guy I take there at 15, period. Um, Buda Baker, uh, I'm not as high on him, obviously, as Hooker. And I, I just don't, it'd be a, to me, it'd be a waste of a pick if you went anybody besides Malik Hooker at safety at 15. Now, I will give you my one dark horse guy that I think is moving up in a lot of people's boards. I don't think he is nationally. Uh, too much, we'll put it that way. Um, but Quincy Wilson, the cornerback, um, this guy could be something really special. In fact, my guy Jonah Tolls had been has been talking him up uh, quite a bit lately, and he's on that hill hardcore. He is very, very close to everything you want in a corner. Got he's got good size, he's got good reaction skills, he's got very good instincts. He's good in the, against the run. He can play the deep ball. He's good going towards the boundary. I like him across the middle. He is something that uh, presents a very real uh, test as far as for me with the two corners that I mentioned earlier about who, who I would take there between Conley and Humphrey. He is a close third as far as I'm concerned there at 15. And I know that a lot of people don't have him that high. But I've got him. I would I would feel comfortable putting him in my top twenty five players. Period. Uh, probably right there at twenty five. But I think that he is a guy who has definitely had got enough upside. He's got like I said. He's got the size. He's got the length. He's got everything you want. He's got plenty of speed. Uh, I'm really liking Quincy Wilson. That would be one of my one of my dark horses there for that position. So uh, there is a handful guys of my guys that I would take for the Indianapolis Colts at 15. If you think that I forgot somebody or something like that, and you either like the pick, you hate the pick, uh, any of them as far as that goes, let me know. These are the guys that I would choose between on a personal level if they're still available, which I perceive the majority of them to be available. Now, some of the people who are being uh, touted as top eight, top ten picks, I'm not putting those guys in the mix in this uh, little bit of exercise here. But on the other hand, if some of these, some of those guys were uh, available, then I would probably go out them. Malik Hooker is kind of the only guy I mentioned that I think is a top ten pick, uh, really, because I, he was just the only guy that I would take at safety for fifteen. So uh, we'll put it that way. Now, the good there's some good news here uh, for the podcast. We do have a voicemail lined up so that if you guys want to get your voices heard and be on the show, you can call this number. 
Get yourselves on there. Tell me whatever you want to tell me, good, bad, ugly. Uh, talk about uh, a situation that you think is coming up for the Colts or just whatever. The phone number is 574-516-2881. Get your calls in there, and if it's good, then I'll put your call on the show, and we'll talk about it, and I'll answer. I'll do a mailbag uh, a couple mailbag shows each week that'll take care of that phone number and uh, we can go from there so if you guys want get your phone calls in uh, leave me a voice message at 574-516-2881 and uh, we'll try to get it on the show so thank you guys for listening hope you enjoyed it uh, if your picks are different from mine vastly or just barely doesn't make a difference give me a shout and let me know like i said get yourselves on twitter if you're not already and talk football guys Get in with some Colts people. Uh, follow me, of course. Follow the, follow the show at Locked On Colts and M Danley underscore NFL, and uh, and get yourselves into the conversation. It's a good time. That's what Twitter is all about. That's what this is all supposed to be about. It's one of the best times of the year. Getting set for the draft. We are less than four weeks away. We are darn near three weeks away, and it's just creeping up on us. And I couldn't be more excited. And I hope you guys are too. So, uh, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll check all of you out tomorrow right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked on Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Somewhere deep inside your mind, there's a place where dreams live. And now those dreams have the chance to come to life. Because USAA Life Insurance is sponsoring the Live Your Dream sweepstakes, where you could win $50,000. That's $50,000 to let those dreams out of your head and into your hands. Enter for a chance to win and view official rules at www.usaa.com slash lifesweeps or call 1-800-531-LIFE. No purchase necessary. USAA Life Insurance Company, San Antonio, Texas, and in New York. By USAA Life Insurance Company, New York, Highland Falls, New York.